Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. This is Jay Kokorowski. Welcome, folks. Early in the week, it's Tuesday evening. We're going to get this up right after we you know, get done with this podcast. And, uh, you know, guys, I uh, hope your Easter week's going well. And on that note, you know, it is spring break week for those that are listening that are students of the U- University of Wisconsin-Madison. I hope you guys all are being safe. And, uh, you know, Wisconsin Badgers are not practicing this week. They uh, obviously being on spring break. So we've had a chance to watch four of the six practices uh, that have gone on during the spring and to help me break down and to give his thoughts on what you know the media has seen in these you know in these four practices we have badgerblitz.com's john veldice john how you doing my good man i'm doing great how are you doing well doing well wish i was on spring break for my day job but that's a different story yeah me too right i missed that (laughs) exactly i mean all i did was pretty much go home and i think i sat on the couch and played video games which actually sounds great (laughs) right now um instead of a mortgage but you know it goes into you know before we even get into spring practice let you know i know today uh and we're recording on tuesday night uh you know ty strickland on the basketball side of things 2018 point guard verbally commits to Wisconsin. And before we get into the football, your thoughts on Wisconsin, you know, locking down a guard from the St. Petersburg, Florida area that was kind of a late bloomer, but got some late interest from Big Ten country with Minnesota Rutgers and Wisconsin. Yeah, obviously a big get for uh, for Greg Gard and his staff. I mean, uh, we saw you know, what Wisconsin's roster went through this year, uh, you know, in a, in a, a worst case scenario, as far as their guard depth goes. Um, and so you're know, going into, uh, to next year, I mean, just to having another talented body in there, you know, in addition to, you know, getting back, um, you know, Kobe King and uh, Demetri Trice for the, for this next season. I mean, like, obviously you, if you're Greg guard, you have to feel like that you you're in a better spot roster wise going in. And, you know, that's why they, you know, really kind of ramped up the, uh, the recruitment with Strickland, you know, late in the season, like you, uh, like you mentioned, I mean, like they, they saw a need and they, you know, uh, felt like they had the room to bring in another, um, another prospect and found the right fit. And, uh, you know, Strickland really seemed to, uh, you know, fall in love with the, with the campus on his visit uh, when he made it up to Madison. And, you know, it was really just kind of a, um, a good, I think, a marriage of, you know, a need for the Badgers. And, you know, it, it definitely seems like Wisconsin was what uh, Strickland was looking for in his recruitment. So I think it's re- gonna, really going to be a good fit for both sides. Absolutely. And now turning our attention to football, you know, it, it's, you know, we've, like I mentioned earlier, there have been six practices so far. Two were closed to the media, but four have been. You've been to all four. I've been to about I've been to three of them. I'd say about two and a half just because of uh, day job responsibilities. Uh, And then, you know what? I mean, it's hard to kind of just see how spring football is, you know, through four practices that we've seen, you know, and and they're teaching fundamentals. You talk to the coaching staff, it's more trying to teach them, get the fundamentals right as they continue to work their way up, get reps. uh, And what you may see right now won't be what you see in fall camp or even later this spring. But, you know, what have you made out of the first two weeks of spring practice based off of what you've seen? Well, I think, um, you know, the, the big takeaway that I've had through the first couple practices, it really just goes back to what, um, you know, you've been talking about is that, you know, with the, the number of 
injuries that they are uh, dealing with in terms of not, not, you know, really severe injuries that are going to limit anybody's availability for the fall, but, you know, injuries that are enough to where the Badgers like, Hey, you know what, let's, uh, let's hold you back uh, out of uh, spring, spring camp. Let's get you healthy for, for the fall. And that's really kind of opened up, um, you know, some big playing time opportunities for, you know, a lot of different players that, at specific positions i'm thinking in particular at um you know on the offensive line where you know when you have michael dieter and you know john dietzen uh both missing the uh the spring um that's a that creates a big opportunity for somebody like a cole van lannan to you know really get all of those first team reps at uh, at left guard and you know build on his fundamentals and you really see if he can establish himself as somebody that can ha- you know hang on to that position uh, full time, but when the uh, when fall camp rolls around later this year, and then you know you look on the the defensive side of the ball, um, you know not not as many um, injuries where they're holding a lot of people out, but you know there's a lot of playing time up for grabs at places like cornerback and on the defensive line and places like that. So I think that's that's what it is right now is you know not I don't I don't know that any of these position battles are really going to be won in the spring but just from a reps perspective I mean like there's some big opportunities for these younger guys on the team to you know kind of take the opportunity that they get and uh, see what they can do with it yeah and you, you talk about the injuries real quick I mean limited you know fullback Jay Collinsworth who's a you know going to be a redshirt freshman a walk-on converted from inside linebacker to fullback he's been limited with the left leg but, you know, as of, like, last Thursday when you and I were both there, I mean, there is, what, a laundry list of, uh, you know, of Badgers that are out with, you know, Dante Burton right leg, uh, Dante uh, Carrier Williams abdominals, uh, wide receivers, you know, wide receivers Danny Davis, Cade Green, Adam Krumholtz, Taj Mustafa, Emmett, uh, Emmett Perry, Kendrick Pryor all out uh, with various ailments. David Edwards, you mentioned about offensive line, has that abdominal uh, injury and even just the defensive line with Garrett Rand and Bryson Williams uh, with their ailments and then Mark Sari. I mean that was that's just out for practices and then you have another you know eight players that are going to be out for the spring. It, it's uh and it, I mean it it does give those reps for those players. And, I mean you know let's let's start with the offensive line real quick. I mean you talked about it with with Van Lannen, but with you know you you have Dieter out, you have Dietzen out for the spring Edwards was out uh, was out for practice on Thursday but then also Bo Benchwell wasn't wasn't out there uh, in talking to UW about it it you know with a UW official he mentioned that he was just working out so maybe not getting the yet not needing the reps out there uh, to kind of rest them up just just because I mean I, I, are you liking what you see out of the likes of, you know, whenever Pat, Patrick Castle isn't going to class, uh, you know, at the beginning of, the, at the beginning of practice? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm also intrigued, by, I guess you could say, by the likes of Caden Lyles, who's gotten some reps in there, uh, both at center and at left guard, especially on Thursday uh, when I was there. Uh, you know, how are you how do you feel with some of those other guys, you know, that are on that offensive line uh, besides Van Lannan? Yeah, I mean, like spring is just that time of year where you know, you're talking about bench wall. And I mean, it, it, when it comes to a guy like bench wall, and I guess to a lesser extent, um, Tyler Biotish, the Badgers know what they're going to get from those guys. And so, you know, in the spring, they want them to, to stay, you know, sharp and keep working on their fundamentals, but do they need to be out there for all of those, you know, uh, team reps? Not necessarily. And, you know, that definitely opened up, uh, you know, some opportunities for, you know, guys like you mentioned Castle and um, Caden Lyles to, you know, really 
get a lot of work in and, you know, see how they can grow. And, you know, uh, Lyles is a guy that, you know, I, I think the Badgers think that he is, you know, very talented. I mean, like, obviously they, you know, devoted a lot of time to getting him onto campus and, you know, getting him um, to, to commit and to enroll, you know, during his recruiting process. And so he's somebody that the Badgers have liked for a long time. And, you know, I mean, just from a, a talent perspective, um, you know, I think they they feel like he is going to be, you know, hard to keep off the field at some point. And so, you know, when you see him getting these reps with uh, the first team at center in place of Biotish or at uh, at left guard with with uh, Dietzen and Dieter out, and you know, getting reps maybe instead of a, a Jason Erdman or somebody with the first team, you know, I think it's just kind of designed to you know, really give these young guys as much experience as they can, you know, in the spring right now when, you know, they can kind of meet two needs, which is, you know, keep their, their older established guys healthy and also, you know, kind of redistribute those reps to the young guys who can really, you know, kind of um, establish themselves with, I mean, like I remember um, this time last year, I believe it was, you know, Tyler Biotish that, really was getting a lot of, um, you know, first team work, uh, you know, as the spring kind of progressed and, you know, we saw what that can do when somebody gets those, you know, consistent reps with the, with the starters and, you know, getting that extra, you know, work with the coaching staff. I mean, it can really, you know, do, um, a lot of good for the development of of somebody like a Lyles or Patrick Castle or, or anybody like that. And so I, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely encouraging to see that the Badgers, you know, um, view, you know, guys like Lyles and Castle and Van Lannan as guys that are worth, you know, giving those extra reps to, because, you know, they, you know, they were, they very well could say to a guy like Bo Benchwell, Hey, let's keep you in. Let's, you know, keep you really sharp, keep getting better, all this. But, you know, when you have this much depth at the position, it really gives you a chance to start building onto that depth even more so. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing in the spring at the offensive line in particular. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, look at, I mean, the big thing that we've, we've talked about is really with, you know, you're looking at the defense and just so many starters leaving, seven starters leaving. And that includes Nick Nelson, who left early as a redshirt junior. I mean, Defensive line, it looks like, you know, just based off of what we've seen, it's it's going to be Olive Songapolu at nose tackle, and then also, you know, Garrett Rand, Isaiah Loudermilk uh, at end. But Rand's been out with an injury, so you've seen a little bit of Aaron Volpel. Uh, you know, but then you have a, a list of guys you, like Keldrick Preston, Craig Howe, and then, you know, David Foff also working you know, trying to work in uh, reps there. And then Bryson Williams at nose tackle, you know, he was injured – on uh you know on t- I believe it was Tuesday and Thursday but then you know you see Gunnar Roberge you know kick in and, and work at nose tackle during those times it's a young group right this is a you know and, and I know talking to Noki Brechterfield the defensive line coach you know he wants Keldrick Preston to gain some weight uh he, he thinks David Foff needs to just learn the playbook a little bit more on, on that end and you know but you know he, he said even about Aaron Vopel that he had uh come in about you know with two left feet last year but he's he's worked up and getting better and Olive Sangapolo had told me on Thursday that you know he, he's seen the progress and that you know it's all about the finer details of the defensive line I mean this is going to be one group to watch really especially if injuries do hit the likes of, of song apollo of rand like you're seeing right now and louder yeah i think that's uh the big question with the defensive line this year is just how much 
how much depth can they develop at that position? And, you know, it goes back to what you're saying that, you know, we, we have a pretty good idea of what that starting, um, you know, lineup is going to be on the, on the defensive line between Sangapolu and Loudermilk and Rand, um, you know, depending on injuries and health and all that. I, I mean, like, I feel at this point pretty comfortable that that's what it's going to look like, um, barring a huge step forward from a younger guy or something like that. But the question is, you know, with, with how much the Badgers like to rotate their defensive linemen in during games just to keep their starters fresh and healthy for um, the, the the second half of games, third and fourth quarter, that type of thing. It really seems like you're going to need, you know, probably I think six um, total guys that you can depend on to put into games if you are going to keep rotating guys and using that strategy. And so really you're going to be depending on a guy like, you know, Aaron Vopel or, you know, an incoming freshman like, uh, Bryson Williams or and then you know maybe another guy between Preston and Foff and Craig Howe and you know any of that group to really step up and give you that um, you know personnel kind of security blanket that you can use to rotate guys and keep guys fresh and you know I, I feel like I um, get you know seeing um, Aaron Volvo get in with that first team with uh, with Garrett Rand kind of dealing with his back injury that's flared up over the last couple of practices that we saw. I mean, that, that's another opportunity where, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about with the offensive line. I mean, you know, it's, it's a chance for a young guy to get a lot of reps with that first team and see what he can do with it, see if he can establish himself. And if he can do that during the spring, you know, it's just, you know, one less thing that the Badgers potentially would have to worry about in the fall when they're really trying to take a hard look at their roster and see how many of these guys can they depend on to put into a game, you know, when the, uh, when the score is, uh, or I guess uh, when the result is still in question. Yeah. And John, it's, you know, looking just the, to the next level, like the edge rushers at outside linebacker, we know about inside linebackers, right? We know TJ Edwards. Is yeah, I feel back, pretty Ryan. confident about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good about that one. Right. Where you have Ryan Conley, you have Chris Orr, and you know, and, and TJ Edwards, the all American. Uh, and then and there's depth, depth even before, behind that with Mike Mascalunas, Griffin Grady, uh, et cetera. But then you have, on the outside, I mean, that's going to be a bit, you know, you have Andrew Van Ginkle coming back as the lone contributor from last year. Zach Bond is back now. He's been on the field. They've kind of, they, they remember the first practice uh, back, you know, a couple of Tuesdays ago, you know, they were there with the quote unquote first team from what it looked like. Uh, but you also have the likes of Tyler Johnson, Arrington Farrar is now in that position group. Paul Jackson transitioned over there as well from wide receiver, though that may take a little bit more time for him uh, to learn the defensive playbook compared to Farrar, who, you know, both Bond and Van Ginkle told me last week that he had, you know, he has that, the knowledge of the defense already. It's just moving to that new position uh, and learning, learning stuff at, you know, at outside linebacker underneath Bobby April, but it's a group and Christian Bell for that matter too. I mean, there, there, there are some options there with this group. Uh, and I think there's talent obviously and potential. It's just now proving outside of Van Ginkle. It's time for, you know, bond to take that jump this year, uh, which possibly could have been last year for that matter. If not for that left foot injury that, uh, that cost him all of 2017, but this is, you know, talking about question marks. I think there's less than the defensive line here, uh, less questions here than the defensive line, but it's still something to monitor about who's going to step up. So, and especially with the new position coach. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, it's, uh, and I agree that you know, there's a lot of talent to that position. It's just, you know, what, what rotation are you going to see and who ends up with that starting group? I mean, like at the start of the spring, I mean, you kind of thought that a guy like Zach Bond would be, um, you know, a pretty, 
pretty strong candidate to work next to uh, to Van Ginkle. But the big question was, you know, just how healthy was he going to be uh, coming off of his uh, foot injury that you know robbed him of his uh, his 2017 season? And you know, at least from what we've seen in the practices that they've done, I mean, he's been out there. It doesn't look like he's you know, had any limitations or anything like that. And you know, the Badgers were pretty high on him last year. I mean, he started the spring, um, you know, working with the with the first team at uh, at outside linebacker when they were looking to replace. You know Vince Beagle and uh, T.J. Watt from the previous season, and so you know obviously the coaching staff feels like that he's a a pretty serious contender to um, you know make plays at that position and give them kind of what they're looking for, and so to see him get those you know um, opportunities to work with the first team, I feel like is a pretty good um, sign for for Bond. Not, not only that you know, he's healthy, uh, but also that you know the Badgers feel like that. He's somebody that could contribute and uh, you know keep the the position group playing at a high level, and then you know really uh, you know with the guys that you mentioned after him, I mean you from a depth perspective, you know having Tyler Johnson there, I feel like makes uh, you know should make the Badgers feel pretty good because he was able to make a couple uh, impact plays when he was on the field um, last year, and so that's that's a good sign. And then you know um, I I still think uh, Aaron Ting Farrar, you know, like you mentioned, is, is a guy to watch. I mean, he's a he's a really athletically talented player, and you know he, he's kind of been um, moved around a couple times. Uh, you know, so that they're trying to find a, a real home for him. But you know, as somebody that I feel like is athletic enough to you know maybe play in space a little bit too. I mean, he's uh, he can give the Badgers you know some interesting options to work with, assuming he picks up the playbook and the, the technique of shifting over to the outside linebacker spot from inside. I mean, he could give the Badgers an interesting option to use as far as somebody that you could play in coverage from an outside linebacker spot if you know you have your um, out, you know um, Andrew Van Ginkles of the world as your primary pass rusher. Uh, you know, I feel like there's at least some combinations that you could use to make that work. It's just, you know, can they use the time this spring to really get comfortable with their spots and, uh, you know, kind of take it from there. We're here with John Veldheis, BadgerBlitz.com, here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And, John, it's, you know, going to cornerbacks and kind of the secondary kind of with the defenses because I know that's kind of the major focus with so many players leaving and so many pieces to be uh to now you know turn this into a full puzzle uh and complete it for the wisconsin's defense underneath jimmy leonard yeah we had a we had a question in our mailbag and folks we'll get to our fan mailbag segment uh, later in the show for the rest of the questions but one kind of stood out because we were talking about spring and just one of the big questions are the cornerbacks uh this uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, autonomous uh and i'll spell this last part d-i-c-k uh, which is a fun uh, Nick, uh, fun uh, Twitter name, uh, asks, is cornerback going to be the weakest position group, and who do you think will earn starting spots in the secondary? And I ask that with you because you just wrote an article about some cornerbacks this past weekend that was published on BadgerBlitz.com. You guys should get the subscription, folks. Trust me, it's great. Uh, but, you know, what? In, you know, we've seen Fayon Hicks. We've seen Madison Cohn out there. Caesar Williams has made a couple of splashes with some pass breakups as well. And, you know, and then, you know, Dante Carrier-Williams is, is right now out and has not – practice this spring yet i mean what are your thoughts about you know i would say not necessarily the weakest position group but maybe i would say the least proven is that the best way to put it yeah i I think so i mean it's uh and i think um one thing to keep in mind too is that you know i I, it's it's really early to be thinking about which position group you know could be a uh you know a, a weak spot or anything like that and one thing that i've you know kind of had in the back of my head is that you the 
in a sense, the the inexperience of the defensive line and the um, the experience, uh, I guess, inexperience of the defensive backs. I feel like that's going to kind of play into each other a little bit. Like if you can get both of those groups playing well, uh, then I feel like Wisconsin's defense is going to be pretty okay as far as you know, um, staying right around where they have been as far as a, being a productive, solid group. Because I mean, if you have a productive defensive line that's going to open up um, and, uh, you know, kind of get pressure onto the quarterback along with the outside linebackers and, you know, inside linebackers if they are um, blitzing or anything like that, that's going to take a little bit of the pressure off of the defensive backfield in that they're not going to have to, you know, hang out there on an island in coverage for quite as long. But if, um, if one of those two, you know, kind of break down or, you know, end up being weak, then it's going to play into the other spot, um, you know, if the in if the, the if there's not much pass rush, then you know the the, the cornerbacks and safeties are going to have to cover for longer, and so it's just going to be kind of a you know an interesting relationship between those two this year, I think. And so if you get a couple steps forward in one spot, it's going to help out um, you know in the the long run. If you you know look at the other side there too, but as far as like starters at the cornerback spots, I mean, like I feel like you feel pretty confident that uh you know Dante Carey Williams despite missing these first couple of practices or so of the spring I feel like he's going to step into that number one cornerback spot and uh and be you know pretty solid I mean like the, the one thing that you always look for in a you know a cornerback and defensive back is you know not only do they have the technique but do they have the right mindset to you know play that position and to play it well and so I I feel like you're you're looking for guys that are confident you know, not only in themselves on the field, but, you know, you just kind of have to have that mindset that, you know, no matter if you get beat on a route or on a play or something like that, you need to be able to come back and, you know, have um, that mindset that you're going to win that next rep and, you know, basically every rep after that. I mean, you, you just need to be confident to play that position. And, you know, a guy like Dante Carey Williams has all the confidence in the world that, you know, he can go out there and uh, and make plays for the Badgers. And so that's at least one spot that I feel like, uh it will be in you know pretty pretty solid hands. Um, you know, it's always hard to replace you know guys like Derek Tindall and Nick Nelson, but from a talent standpoint, you know, I feel like uh, Dante Carrier Williams will grow into a pretty good cornerback for the Badgers. And you know, beyond that, um, I, I'm curious to see, you know, maybe who um, gets that number two spot when uh, Carrier Williams is back on the field. But you know, I feel like at least from what we've seen with having Fayon Hicks and Madison Cohn be the number one corners in practice so far, it'll be one of them. Yeah, and then it just goes to, you know, do the Badgers, tr- you know, look at, uh, say, the, the little experience that Cohn got in his, his true freshman season last year. Does that give him a little bit of an edge over Fayon Hicks, who, you know, had an injury last year and had to redshirt? Or, you know, do they just say, we're going to play uh, the best one and make him the number two and then, you know, the other guy bumps down to the number three. So that I guess that's the part of the equation that we just don't know yet. But I, I do like what Fayon and uh, and Madison Cohn have have shown us in, in these practices so far. Both of them have made plays, and like you said, uh, you have other guys that are kind of knocking on the door too. Uh, with uh, with Caesar Williams, who's flashed, and you know I think the the staff and the the other players in the room expect big things from uh, from Dante Burton when he's on the field. And so the, I guess my big you know, thing that I'm going to be watching with them this year is, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily who's going to start, but how many guys do they feel comfortable playing in a game? Cause I feel like you're probably going to need four. You're going to need your two starting corners. You're going to need a nickel back. And then 
you know, somebody else that you can put in in an emergency or if you, if for some reason you have to play four cornerbacks on the field, because you know, you're just going to need some depth at that position. And, you know, there's, there's not that many games played between these guys right now in terms of their career histories, but there's definitely talent there. And it's just, you know, can they use this spring to get more comfortable in the defense, you know, really focus on their technique and then just build that confidence going into the fall so that they can, you know, just kind of play the way that they want to, you know, when the games start playing. And John, you know, real quick with safety position, you know, Dakota Dixon's out with that shoulder injury. And so you've seen the likes of, you know, Scott Nelson, uh, who's been, you know, kind of attached to Dakota's hip. We saw it last year, like during after practices and then also during uh, even post game, even trying to interview Dakota after games. Uh, but all uh, but then, you know, Patrick Johnson, who, you know, has, has been out there, even though like he left practice early with uh, looked like an injury, according to UW official on Thursday. Uh, you know, those two have been out there, but you've seen also Eric Burrell, Seth Curran, Evan Bondi. Uh, you know, safety, I think, you know, Dakota obviously is going to be the leader. It's just finding that other, uh, whoever's going to be there, whether it's Burrell, Johnson, Nelson, who was the scout team defensive player of the year, a co-defensive scout team player of the year. Uh, I, I think there are options there. It's just finding out who's the best one. Yeah, I think so too. And it, it, it's going to depend on, you know, how well do they play together too. And so, you know, this is another thing where we're not going to, you know, get a great idea on who's going to be that number two, you know, um, maybe play that free safety spot uh, next to Dixon until uh, the fall when he's able to get back onto the field and, you know, the Badgers feel comfortable getting him those reps. And so, you know, I, would I be surprised to see like, to see somebody like Scott Nelson, um, you know, take over uh, the, the free safety spot? You know, I'm, I, I, I can say that the, that possibility seems um more real now after the first couple of practices. I mean, like, you know, when you go through and you kind of pencil out what the, the spring depth chart might look like just based on the previous year, I think Patrick Johnson probably was the guy that you penciled into that free safety spot at least, but at least from the, the practices that we've seen and you know, all that, I, I just, I, I do like what, uh, what Nelson has done on the field and you can see, you know, why he impressed, you know, his, uh, his teammates and the coaches last year and earned that, uh, co um you know defensive scout team uh, mvp award last year i mean he's he really looks like somebody that's pretty comfortable playing the position that he's in right now and he's made some good plays including what looked like the uh, the biggest hit of uh the spring that we've seen so far this year with uh, i think he uh, took out uh, luke benchwall over the middle of the field and that's a you know going safety matching up on a tight end that's a that's something that he would be asked to do quite a lot um if he were to uh, go out and um and playing some games for the Badgers this year. And so I think that that's more of a possibility than, you know, maybe I thought at the start of the spring, but we'll just kind of have to see uh, how the rest of the, uh, how the rest of the spring practices play out. Absolutely. And John, my last question for you, anybody, anybody else on the offensive side of the ball, it's really kind of popped out to you or even just anybody else on the defense that I haven't spoken about, you know, through these first few practices. I mean, I think Jake Ferguson's had a couple of nice catches, uh, towards the end of the practice on Thursday, you saw Danny Vandenboom get some more reps, like maybe the most reps we've seen out of him yet uh, in, in a non-scout team capacity. Why isn't go, going up against like a first-team defense or whatnot? But, uh, you know, anything else that's really stood out to you or either from, you know, Jonathan Taylor get, catching passes and Paul Chris working with him directly to just uh, seeing Aaron Crookshank, uh, the true freshman, or other any other players that really have uh, not necessarily say it's popped, you'd say, but just anything that stood out to you uh, through two weeks of practice? 
Well, definitely, um, you know, Taylor working on his working on his hands and you know potentially being a, a receiving option for the Badgers out of the backfield this year is definitely something uh, I feel like is worth monitoring. But I think I'm going to be kind of boring here and just say that uh, you know, with all the injuries that they've had at uh, wide receiver and you know holding some guys out during the first half of camp, at least uh, I feel like that there's could be a really big opportunity for somebody like uh, AJ Taylor to to really work on that uh, connection that he has with Alex Hornerbrook and you know kind of continue to develop that. I mean, we saw him you know have a, a bit of a breakout game in the in the Orange Bowl at the end of last year uh, with all the catches and the I think he had a couple touchdowns if I remember correctly. But uh, I mean, like he's the the thing with him is he's he's very athletically talented, but. He, he does, uh, I feel like, need to work on his hands still a little bit and just catch the ball more consistently uh, and catch it well. And, you know, I think he's uh, taken some big steps forward from, you know, his first couple semesters on campus there. But, you know, that's the thing. If, if he can, you know, kind of lock that down and, you know, uh, just catch the ball, you know, cleaner, more consistently, that type of thing, I mean, he could be a real weapon for the Badgers to use even alongside you know, somebody like Quintez Cephas and Danny Davis and, and Kendrick Pryor. So that was just something that stood out to me on Thursday when they had, you know, just five wide receivers to work with in that practice. But, you know, it, it, this is a time for everybody to get, you know, to work on their work on their craft and get better. And so it's not just limited to the young guys. I mean, this could be a big time for guys who have played a little bit to uh, um, get some reps and continue to improve as well. And don't mind me on that end. That's our new puppy uh, there, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> folks. So uh, that's Charlie Grace. She is saying hi. So uh, on I that say note, hi too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on that note, where can people find you, John? And uh, what's coming up? I know you guys got uh, the BadgerBlitz.com podcast as well. We want to let you guys know to find that on iTunes as, uh, as well. So uh, what else? What you guys got coming up? Yeah, well, we'll uh, have a couple more things coming up, even though the Badgers are off uh, for the week. Charlie I'll, I'll um, now. be having a uh, mailbag uh, answering uh, questions from our premium message board and uh, maybe another piece or two coming up from interviews that we did last week. And then, obviously, we'll be full go right into it when the Badgers start practices again a uh, week from today, which I believe is April 3rd or so. Thanks for tuning back in, guys. Bucky's fifth podcast. Big thanks to John Valdice, BadgerBlitz.com, making his presence back on the show. Great always having him on. John used to contribute at Bucky's fifth quarter way back in the day before uh, joining BadgerBlitz.com. So a big thanks to John for t- coming on the show. Also, you guys heard the cameo from our new our, my family's new puppy, uh, Charlie Grace. Uh, apologies for that. I uh, tried to edit as much as I could out of the, the barking, so uh, bear with us there. And uh, she is a good dog, I promise you there. Uh, just checking out to see other dogs or uh, people in the neighborhood. So, yeah, uh, now... You know, we've, we've talked some Badger Spring Ball. Uh, by the way, we're going to have a couple more episodes this week. Kind of uh, supersize it for you guys. It's a tomorrow, hoping I'm not going to give it away right now, but we're going to talk hopefully with a couple of uh, a former Badger and a future Badger uh, for that matter. And then on Friday, we'll and hopefully we'll drop that tomorrow night. And then on Friday, we'll have the big roast and with Drew Hamm due to the Final Four edition of... 
what we call the uh, the big roast. But for now, let's get to the mailbag. Now, this is a new segment we got here. It's a fan mailbag. And we have three questions that I'll answer here just to keep this short and sweet for you guys. Big thanks to everyone that did, uh, you know, submit questions. And we did release one. Uh, we answered one back when John was on in that first segment. So let's start off right off, right off the bat from Peter Swanson at Peter G capital G Swanson on Twitter. Any instinct if the offensive playbook will change next season with the emergence of four playmakers at wideout appears to be a new territory for the program, especially during Chris, Chris's tenure. Now, if you guys remember, that's a great question, Peter. Now, if you guys remember back when we did our spring previews, I wrote about the wide receiver saying this could be the most potent, but also the most deep group that we've seen in recent memory. And I, I still stick by that. I think it is a, with you have Quintus Cephas, you have Kendrick Pryor, AJ Taylor, and then uh, you know obviously Danny Davis. Those are the big four, and you've seen you know Jack Dunn, Adam Crumholtz also contribute last year due to injury. But then Cade Green and Emmett Perry, and you're talking about spring football, right? That is something where you're they have not been on the field as much. And uh, especially with Cade green being out, he has not practiced yet during the spring and we'll get to Cade. There's a question about Cade a little later. So I won't give spoilers on that necessarily right now, but, uh, but those four, you know, have the opportunity if they're all healthy to really make a difference. And I don't know if you necessarily would see uh playbook changing. I think the playbook could open more. You know, Paul, we, I'm sure we haven't seen a We've seen a lot of Paul Chris playbook, but I'm sure there's plenty more plays and, and formations and whatnot that we have not seen. So I think it gives Wisconsin a lot more versatility to do uh, to, to work with on offense. You have that running back stable, you know, Jonathan Taylor, and you know we discussed it earlier with John the the routes that he's been running. So he's trying to develop as a, as a pass catcher uh, and a receiving threat out of the backfield. He did some things last year in very limited roles, uh, but it could take a step further. But uh, so you also got to realize too that they won't have Troy Frumagalia at tight end, and so that's going to change things because he was a matchup problem even with you know potential injuries here and there. Uh, he is an All-American tight end, All-Conference tight end. So you know we'll see what Xander Neville and Kyle Penniston, along with a guy like Jake Ferguson or Luke Benchwell, can do what what those four could do at tight end. Uh, but you know those four wide receivers, I think the ball could be spread out a lot more this season, upcoming season, if they all stay healthy. And so that's something to bear watching. And then also, I mean, like I said, you're still Wisconsin's bread and butter, by the way, and everyone knows this. It's a, it's a power running game. You have an offensive line. That's the most cohesive it's been since probably 2010, 2011 season. And you have a running back. That's a Heisman trophy candidate. I believe if I'm not mistaken, but I don't, I should have looked this up, but I think he is also one of the Heisman Trophy candidate, you know, leading candidates to win the Heisman Trophy. And in with behind that offensive line, if injuries don't decimate it or decimate his ability, Jonathan Taylor, you know, will should get a bulk of the carries uh, because he is so potent. So I, I, Wisconsin's, I mean, it's a plethora of riches right now at, at you know on that offense with the weapons they have. I do think they have the opportunity to throw a lot more and, and make a lot of plays. I don't think they'll get away too much from that bread and butter of what they do, but I also feel like they can spread the ball around a lot and that should give opposing defenses a lot of worry. So thanks Peter for that. Uh, Chelsea cult uh, at the real 
CK, uh, yeah, C Kalt, uh, K-A-L-T. Thanks for asking this question. Looking at the 2018 football schedule, which team is the biggest threat? And she ends it with hashtag horny for Heisman. Obviously a nod towards Alex Hornybrook, quarterback, uh, who will have the opportunity to throw to so many players and hand off the ball to Jonathan Taylor and potentially Chris James and, and once Bradrick Shaw gets back as well. So uh, schedule-wise, you know, I'm going to go, you know, I looked at it earlier. Their road games, Penn State or Michigan are going to be the, t- it's the toughest. Those are the biggest threats. You know, I think maybe Penn State a little bit more, but both are rough games. Wisconsin beat Michigan last year here at Camp Randall Stadium. B5Q covered that game. And that was a, I mean, you know, third quarter. I mean, Wisconsin's undefeated season was on the line, but and then they broke through in that third quarter, and then you know got the game out of reach, and you know, and Wisconsin obviously went on to have an undefeated regular season. But you know, those are two rough road games there, and and Penn State. I mean, depending on that passing attack with Trace McSorley, I think it might be even the bigger question. I know there's Shea Patterson and with his uh, eligibility in question for Michigan, the Ole Miss transfer, but Penn State really should have that, you know, uh, just with Trace McSorley and what he did a couple of years ago in that Big Ten championship game. I think that's going to be the biggest threat there. I think they need to win at least one of those two games against Penn State and Michigan to be considered. Uh, I think they can get away with one loss this season to be considered for the college football playoff, but they need to, you know, obviously beat Penn State or Michigan or both and then also defeat whoever is in that Big Ten East division champion role, whether it's Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan State or Michigan for that matter. So uh, schedule-wise, I'll say Penn State, I think, more just based off of being worrisome about that offense and what it could do uh, against an unproven defense, though they should have time in in the season for them to develop more and find more of an identity. Uh, Jim Leonard should be able to do that, uh, the defensive coordinator for Wisconsin. Uh, Division-wise, in terms of the biggest threat, Iowa, I will say, is going to be tough. And Wisconsin also has to go to uh, Iowa City, for that matter, to take on Iowa early on in the season. There's also, of course, Northwestern, and that's on the road in Evanston. And outside of that 2016 win, I mean, that Wisconsin had, you know, that place has been a black hole of success, really, if you think about it, right? Where... You know, being honest, you know, I mean, yeah, it's been rough. You know, 2009, 2014, uh, those were bad losses. And so, you know, Wisconsin, it, the division is going to be tough where, you know, in Nebraska, you know, even though Scott Frost is taking over, I think year one, they have Nebraska at home at Camp Randall Stadium. Uh, we'll see how much Scott Frost can turn it around in one season. But, you know, I think Iowa and Northwestern could be, you know, on that schedule. Uh, could be the biggest, the bigger threats there. Uh, I'll go. I'll probably say Iowa for that matter because Northwestern with Clayton Thorson and that ACL injury is. I mean, he, he came back. He's coming back, but that's a that's a tough injury to come through to come back from, and they lose Justin Jackson at, at running back. So I think Iowa may be the biggest threat there. So thank you, uh, Chelsea, for that. Last question right here, Brad Winter at Brad underscore Shepard N7. I haven't heard much of Cade Green since his injury last year. Is he back or at least close to being back to full health? Will he play in the spring game? Now, we mentioned it a little earlier. Cade Green has been out uh, for most, for all, for all the spring practices so far. 
through the from what we at least for the four that have been shown to the media uh, that have been open to the media. You know, whether the other two on that Friday and Sunday before spring break, I'm not necessarily sure if he practiced, but I would guess not based on the fact that he's been out since the first spring practice due to a left leg injury. And, you know, you hope that he's going to be back to close to being back to full health because, you know, you have those big four wide receivers, right? You have Quintez Cephas, you have A.J. Taylor, Kendrick Pryor, and Danny Davis. Those four obviously seem to be locks for, you know, the two deep there, but you need a fifth and sixth wide receiver there. You saw what happened when George Rushing went down. You saw what happened when Jazz Peavy, uh, you know, had that injury but then left the team too. So, you know, developing, you know, you have Jack Dunn, you have Adam Krumholtz as well, but Cade Green is going to be a registered freshman, and I liked a lot of his film when he in high school where he was a blocker, but also could be used like you've seen a lot of the slot receivers. Uh, I think he has that opportunity there. Uh, and also just in the return game, I think he could provide uh, an opportunity there just because back before he was injured last fall camp, he was back there returning punts uh, along with the likes of, likes of Nick Nelson and Jack Dunn, etc. So I'm not sure if he's back going to be close to being back to full health and if he'll play in the spring game and the spring game again is april 13th so literally that's two weeks from this upcoming uh this upcoming friday which is crazy to think of already that spring football is almost already gone uh we're about halfway through there so and will he play in the spring game we're not sure but you know it'll be it'll bear watching if he's back in this you know after spring break practices resume on tuesday april 3rd so I will let you guys know and obviously follow Bucky's fifth quarter to see if there have been any changes and if they'll have Cade come back. And, you know, you do want him to get reps. I think with all the injuries at wide receiver right now, it would have been an opportune time for both him and Emmett Perry to really, you know, get those reps, showcase what they can do. Uh, Right now you're seeing the likes of, you know, AJ Taylor, you're seeing Jack Dunn, you have Aaron Cruikshank, you have Chris Clemente for that matter. Uh, and also Sam Delaney that, you know, this is on Thursday that we're, you know, with the reps there. So uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens with Cade. You obviously want him and the younger guys to get those reps so they get more comfortable with the offense and then have that momentum carry over into 2018's fall camp uh, and then into the season, obviously. On that note, folks, thank you again for listening to Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And... Tune in later this week. We're going to have some interviews, hopefully tomorrow, that I'll publish and drop uh, for your listening pleasure, hopefully later tomorrow night. And then also Friday, Drew Hom's Big Roast. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play. Listen on TuneIn. Follow Bucky's Fifth Quarter on Twitter at B5Q. Follow me at B5Q. And a big thanks again to everyone answering the asking the questions in our mailbag and big thanks to John Veldheis. Follow him on Twitter at John V E L D H U I S John Veldheis on the Twitter. So thank you all again. Have a great week. Tune in hopefully in the next day or two for some more. This is a content packed week and uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Bucky's fifth podcast.
Mm-hmm.